on this show of St. Louis in Tune, in studio, Ariel Benson, the executive director of the International Institute of St. Louis. What happened to the signers of the Declaration of Independence, our word of the day, and some humor? Greetings, listeners in listener land. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, government, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. We originate from and connect the Gateway City to what is happening regionally, nationally, and internationally. Did you have to look at the copy or anything to do that? Or? No, I have it completely memorized. Do you really? <laughs> yes. And I don't think you've left anything out. Well, no, that's, that's <laughs> but, the point of that, is okay. to make sure we, we've covered everything. Rather than say, uh, we size up current historic events involving people, places, and things in a variety of topics. My, yeah, and we've got some topics today. That's, it's just amazing, though. Yeah, yeah we, and I want to make sure people understand that we're just not an art show, we're not a music show, we're right. not a history show we're not a government show we do right. that and kind of do a lot of different things people say well what do you do i said things that interest me yeah interest you, know? you yes that's true yeah. and that usually interests everyone and i'm else. more involved in it then <laughs> <laughs> the great and powerful oz okay don't, don't, don't trust that guy behind that uh the curtain the curtain there the curtain that's right yeah. all right so our return to civility folks now this is uh, timely mm-hmm. because school has started for some for some kids. Illinois, it has not in Missouri. They won't let them start in Missouri. Oh, because it have to be two weeks. It used to be they've changed that. It used to be two weeks before Labor Day. Yes, but now it's later because they want to get that uh, tourist uh, money oh, yeah. f- from Branson and <laughs> the yeah. Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, that's it, honestly. Yeah. is it? Uh, yeah. And we always wanted to get school over before the oh. first uh, before Christmas and New Year's, the first semester. Right. Right. Rather than have kids yeah. try to study. Maybe. I think it's a mess, but that's my own personal opinion. Okay. Go ahead. Let's, uh, get, let's get civil. Help out at your child's school. Mm. Help shelve books in the library. Read to a class. Reading to a class is really good. Organizing a fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Perhaps your child's teacher could use some help cutting out or assembling materials. There are many small ways you can help make your child's school a better place. Mm-hmm. And I would really add to that. If you just ask the teacher and say, I'm available, if you need something, you know, putting things together or reading. Reading especially Mm -hmm. is a big, big thing, especially in the primary uh, grades in Mm -hmm. elementary school. So help out at your child's school. And it could be just as as simple as, you know, even helping in the office or, you know, helping in the cafeteria somehow. Right. Can can I suggest that you even uh, suggest things that you want to do? In the in the classroom, right? Because sometimes you'll say, "Hey, I'm here. I'm available to be a, a volunteer." And you know, if, if you're in charge of volunteers, sometimes you just don't have something. But if they say, "Hey, here's a, I I can read to the students. Right. You know, I can take them on a on a hike or something. You know? I can be a parent on a field trip." There you go. Just uh, offer some ideas right. too. Sharpen pencils. Right there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Erase the marker boards. I know. That's a, take the erasers out and get all the chalk out of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, folks, if you have not been to the Festival of Nations, you have missed something. And coming up August the 26th and 27th at Tower Grove Park in St. Louis, you're in for the Festival of Nations celebration of music, 
flavors of food, art, and culture from around the world. And this is the annual Festival of Nations. And here in studio, President and CEO of the International Institute of St. Louis, Ariel Benson, is here. Ari, good to see you again. Yeah. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's You're pleasure one of our frequent here. Uh, guests yeah. here. And yeah. we want to make you a more frequent guest. I would love to do that. I'd love to come back here. And mm-hmm. There's a lot to share with the community. I think now, so. For those people, and I met someone the other day who didn't know about the International Institute of St. Louis, would you give a brief description of what uh, the International Institute does? Yes, the International Institute of St. Louis has uh, has been a, um, a, a mainstay in this community, so to speak, has been here since 1919, wow. uh, providing support to immigrants and refugees that have come to this community. Our mission is to create opportunities for these immigrants and refugees that come here to thrive in order to create a more welcoming, more prosperous and healthy region uh, for all. Um, Over the years, the Institute, which started out with basically trying to help immigrants who had come here after the First World War integrate this community, but also help the community be able to embrace these new cultures that have moved here. And so since then, we've welcomed generations of people that have come, whether it's the Germans that came after the the Second World War, the Mm -hmm. Koreans that came after uh, the Korean War, the Vietnamese, Mm -hmm. um, um, and even more recently, the Syrians, and now we're we're, we're helping resettle the Afghans and and Ukrainians. But St. Louis and the International Institute have welcomed um, people from a wide variety of places. We've seen a significant number of Congolese and Burmese and Guatemalans coming to, and even now more recently, we've seen a lot more Cubans and Haitians and, hmm. and hmm. Venezuelans being, being resettled. If we look at the streets of St. Louis, if we look around us, if we look at the, the cultural history of St. Louis, it's really made up of people who have come from different parts of the world absolutely to settle in this community and made it a, a melting pot i say the international institute welcomes the world to st louis and to help people even get a further grasp of that y- you do some workforce solutions career pathways education mm-hmm. you do some language things uh, you work with resettlement uh, economic development community engagement these are all things like people want this person was asking me about this, and I was like, they do, it's just the whole nine yards, <laughs> yeah. as if you were going to another culture. I don't know if you want to expand on any of those or not. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we, we essentially provide holistic support to any in individual or family that comes here. By holistic support, I mean that you can, it all begins with providing shelter. So housing is really key. Mm-hmm. And so when we welcome a family to St. Louis, the first thing that we begin is, is looking at the family situation and determining the kind of housing that we can provide for them. Once people have housing, then we look at the family to identify what skill sets they have, um, level of English. And so we um, put them into English language training if they need that. Um, but based on their skill sets, we try to put them into the workforce, Mm -hmm. uh, identifying the talents or skill sets and the opportunities that exist in the workforce for us to integrate them. If they're children in school, we have to make sure that those children are integrated into Mm -hmm. the school system. If there's medical needs Uh, in the mm -hmm. family, we also um, address address those needs. Um, And and long-term, if there's interest in starting up a small business, um, investing and getting a car loan, 
we provide also that kind of um, mm-hmm. support or economic relief. So it's really holistic mm-hmm. the support that we provide uh, to people that come here. You guys do great work. Now let, let's uh, kind of uh, Arnold. It's amazing yeah. to me. The, you read the list of so many services that yeah. you offer. That is just mind-boggling to me. The amount of uh, exit ramps or tentacles or whatever you want to say mm-hmm. that goes out to help these people, and the undertaking it must take at the International Institute of St. Louis to put together a team, I guess, uh, of, of folks that uh, also can speak all these different languages. I would think, uh, and and just to help all these people, I, it's just it's just amazing to me that anyone would even undertake the task. And we're so we're so fortunate and grateful, I think, for what is done at the yeah. International Institute of St. Louis. And the logistics uh, are, would be it, that's crazy. That's a, a great word to put in there, the mm-hmm. logistics. As you were both sitting here talking, I'm just going, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is. I mean, just to find housing, I think, for someone who's just immigrated here who can probably barely speak the language, yeah. who needs a job, needs a car. You're absolutely right. Just having transportation to go to a job yeah. is so important. And I think people, in what you said, Mark, is very critical because people may be thinking, well, maybe this is like five or ten people. Mm-hmm. How many people came at that one uh, influx a couple yeah, of years um, ago? Yes. In, um, at the end of 2021, there was a weekend which we settled 154 people in one week. Right. And that's thinking about all of these things that we mm-hmm. just spoke about. And as we think about this, you know, there I can talk about this at, at, at a higher level, but we are even thinking nowadays the world has changed so much that what we used to think would be a luxury is now a necessity. So think about access to the Internet, smartphones, and all of those mm-hmm. things. Wow. And, and we know that government in itself is always behind even funding is always behind any time. So even as an organization, we're thinking creatively about some of these gaps. Like you can't put somebody in a house without internet nowadays. Right. And, and having internet doesn't suffice. You need to have the equipment, so the right. smartphones, to be able to use right. it. Because that's how you get a job nowadays. Mm-hmm. That's how sometimes you attend English language classes. That's how your kids do schoolwork. Sc- do schoolwork nowadays. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, if you've registered as a kid in school nowadays, there's a question that they ask, does this child have access to the internet? It's now part of it. So we are also dealing with with things like that. But one thing that I'd really like to share with the St. Louis community about our work, Mm -hmm. it may seem like we are providing these services, and, and yes, it may look like we're doing a favor to the new arrivals, but if we think about where we are as a community, I, li- I like to point the fact that historically this community um, has been prosperous because of people who have come from different parts of the world. Correct. I think our future largely depends on that, on people coming from different parts of the world. And here's why I say that. St. Louis, we're having an aging population. Our death rates are higher than our birth rates. Um, outward migration of young people from our colleges is at about 65%. Uh, We've seen businesses calling us every week asking for uh, positions we feel. I used one week in which we saw um, about 140 businesses reach out to us 
to fill out 380 positions wow. and we didn't have enough people. Wow. The point that I'm trying to make is that for us to be prosperous as a community, we really have to embrace immigrants and immigration. Mm -hmm. We need, um, in the last year, uh, uh, last two years, we saw a 20,000 decline in population of the city of St. Louis. We also saw in the last year 13,000 decline and a stagnation of the population of the region. So that's never good in economic terms right. when you are declining in population or stagnating in population. But we have an opportunity here. The immigrant population that comes in here has an average age of 24, which means that it's young and there's a future here. The average family size is about six, which means that there is there's a large family, mm -hmm. there's opportunity for growth. Last year alone, we had 5,000 foreign-born people move into St. Louis, which changed the dynamics of the decline in population from 20,000 to 13,000. Without the 5,000 foreign-born population that mm -hmm. came in, would have seen a decline of 18,000. Mm. So the opportunity wow. here is how do we position St. Louis as an attractive location for people from all over the world, immigrants who have come from all over the world are in the United States, to look at St. Louis as a place where they can come, be welcome, have opportunities to thrive. And that way, in turn, it changes the economic prosperity of this community to one that is hopeful and, and bright. That's the opportunity that we have. And I think that that's where the work of the International Institute and everything else that we're doing um, is an investment in all of these people who come here with their cultures and talent. Right. And, and they, they become, in within 90 days, we see them go um, become uh, tenants become employees, become taxpayers, and, and eventually starting up their own businesses and become employers as well in mm -hmm. this community. So holistically, as a community, we really need to, one, change the narrative about immigrants and immigration, really embrace um, right. that as an opportunity and create pathways for anyone to come here, be welcomed, and succeed. That's an excellent point. That's oh, an yeah. excellent point. Wow. You're listening to uh, Ariel Benson. He's the uh, president and CEO of the International Institute of St. Louis. I'm Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston of St. Louis in Tune. The Festival of Nations uh, is, is something that's been around since 1934. And <laughs> really? I did not yeah, know it's yeah. been around that long. And it has that's really – Wow. <laughs> has has a, a lot of people look forward to this every year. And uh, the – pandemic kind of blew things out the window and what are the changes we're expecting this year because last year very successful over a hundred thousand people attended down at Tower Grove Park what are some things uh, individuals who are going to go this year can look forward to yeah I'm excited about the Festival of Nations and anyone who has been to the Festival of Nations and loved it I'm asking them to come back and wait until they see what's going to happen this year <laughs> um, let me start by saying that the Festival of Nations has grown. It's growing. We have gone from half the park to the full park. We have doubled in the number of vendors that we have. Wow. So, so if wow. you thought that you saw food from different countries, now we've exceeded 75 countries. I think we're probably <laughs> going to be at about 93 countries this year at the Festival <laughs> oh, of Nations. We've increased <laughs> the number of performances. We have 
two stages. We're going to have a main stage that's going to have um, um, international performances. We're having um, um, a performance from India, from South Africa, from uh, the Dominican Republic. We're, so we're bringing in a, with international performances that are representative of communities that live here. Mm-hmm. So take, for example, the fastest growing foreign-born population now in St. Louis is the Indian population. We want that population to feel like they are part of the Festival of right. Nations. And so we, we wanted to bring them out and we brought an authentic Indian performer who is a three times Grammy Award winner that's going to be performing at wow. the festival and is going to do so with some local performance uh, uh, artists as well. So we are really um, looking beyond just the local community. We want to use the festival as an attraction for St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Think about, and I say this to anybody who is going to go to the Festival of Nations, we're bringing small businesses, and we're hoping that maybe in one weekend that could be a life-changing opportunity mm-hmm. for that local restaurant right. for generations. Just what we're going to mm-hmm. see happen that weekend. The small businesses, which at the end of the day are the backbone of our economy. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. We're giving them an opportunity here. I was on TV yesterday with this small Colombian group that's going to be selling art and, uh, and, and, and bangles and, and clothing at the Festival of Nations. And I was saying to them, this could be your opportunity for generations. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking the St. Louis community to come, to plan, to spend time at the festival, spend time at the park, discover the richness of, of, of the cultures that live next door, uh, and be part of the community. And at the end of the day, I want people to leave the festival um, embracing multiculturalism and making it not just uh, uh, a, a, a one-weekend affair, mm-hmm. but let's embrace multiculturalism and make that every other day of our lives here in St. Louis. Well, it's, it's like, you know, most people, I think, relate to it's going to be food. Right. And, right. Or people are going to be selling some things. But, folks, you didn't understand, if you didn't go last year, mm. the line of food <laughs> vendors, and you're saying there's even more this year, oh, yeah. and the line of people who are selling things. And it's interesting that if you like food, then you find out, well, where where is your business located? And you would then throughout the year yeah. go there and patronize that business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and, and, uh, it, and it's free to go. It's free to come. Yeah, yeah. The, and on even more, we we, <laughs> the, we are we deliberately continue to keep the festival free to the community, so everybody can mm-hmm. access it. Everybody is, is welcome, but also creating opportunities for mm-hmm. all of these vendors, right? Um, for for their their cultures to be known. Um, you would never know about Filipino food if you've not been to the Philippines. But right here at the Festival of mm-hmm. Nations, you can discover it. Yeah. And hopefully it doesn't end there, right? Mm-hmm. We hope that you take your uh, colleagues or, right. yeah. uh, or friends and family someday to that restaurant. And that's how we continue to, mm-hmm. to help support this 
mostly small immigrant-owned businesses to thrive in this community. Yeah. When we, it's ahead. so much fun. Uh, it is. And, and I don't feel like I'm at, in like a big crowded area. Like you say, there's 100,000 people. Yeah. But it, it's, it's different cultures all the time. I'm walking by and there's always something new to see. And, and I'm learning as I'm going along. And it's really a lot of fun. I yeah. mean, it really truly is. Just the dances and the music. And it is a festival. It's the a aroma festival. of the food. Oh. Come oh my on. gosh! Yeah. The food is going to be great. The performances <laughs> we have um, about ten to six local performances from you know Brazilian to uh, a wide variety of, of groups that are going to be, be performing. Um, and then as as people come to the festival, I need for people to really think we we're really trying to hone down on on our. On multiculturalism, mm-hmm. and which is going to be in full display, we're going to hone down on our various identities to ensure that we all come from somewhere. Yeah. But even more importantly, we all we want people to leave there really empowered that each one of us has a role to play in embracing these various cultures that come here. And that's a great point because oh, yeah. we all have come from somewhere. some other country at some time, <laughs> yeah. and. Embracing those who are, have just recently come here and supporting them is, is a huge way of, of welcoming them and making yeah. them feel like they're a part of our country. Absolutely. Now, if you want some more information here, uh, iistl.org, iistl.org, and in the upper right-hand corner, there is a, a whole uh, just separate tab for the Festival of Nations. Nations yeah. And if you click on that, as I'm doing so right now, but my, <laughs> my iPad is very slow right now. Yeah. But, wanna, but you could also go to um, festofnations.com. That's right, festofnations.com. Oh, yeah. That's where it took me. And yeah. unbelievable pictures. Oh, uh, the branding of the festival this year oh, it's has great. changed. We have these new icons that people are going to be taking pictures with. Um, it's going to put St. Louis on the map. I, I, mm. I you know, I, I, I got into trouble once by, by saying that the Festival of Nations in St. Louis is going to become the Coachella of festival of, of I remember mu- you said of that. multicultural <laughs> festival. And people heard about the Coachella, not the multicultural <laughs> festival. But but the point is that we 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 um, especially the people of St. Louis uh-huh. um, w- we're not vocal about the good things of St. Louis. Um, it, you hear a lot yeah. more about what is wrong with St. Louis. Yeah, right. We have to be audacious and dream of something big. And, and, and we at the International Institute, we really believe that we could have the biggest multicultural festival in America. That's right. And guess what? Where, where will that ha- be happening? In St. Louis. Right here. At Dora Grove Park. <laughs> and the rest of America will be talking about something yeah. about St. Louis. That's mm. not the negative news. And, yeah. and the goal is, you know, to me, it's not a destination, mm. but it's an application of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And applying... Wow, I see all these cultures here and understanding how immigrants have played an important part in our country and how they are now and what they can do in the future. Yeah, and for most of those people, they will tell you their story began through the International Mm -hmm. Institute. We've seen staff members here whose parents came here in the 50s and were helped by the International Institute. So it's the next generation now. It's, It's a generational story. And so... All what people see, that display of multiculturalism, is through the, the incredible work that has been done by the International Institute over the years. Mm. 
So it's August the 26th and 27th, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m., mm -hmm. 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Last year, there was a little threat of rain. It maybe rained a little bit, but then the sun came out and everything was fine. Yeah. So and we've had a great August, so we're kind of keeping right. our fingers crossed. We'll keep our fingers crossed, and I'm going to be consulting the oracles to, to make sure that, <laughs> 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 that, 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 that the rains go away. <laughs> I believe you can do it. <laughs> if anybody could do it, you could do it. Already. Oh, my. Yeah, so, right. folks, August the 26th and 27th, <laughs> Festival of Nations at Tower Grove Park. Mark your calendar. Calendars. It's going to be a great event. Give that give that website again. The website is fest f e s t of nations dot com, mm -hmm. fest of nations dot com or i i s t l dot org. Right. Very great. And, and see what else is going on at the International Absolutely. Institute when you're yep. looking at that website. And, and you may be able to even help out. You might what? check something called help? the Welcome Corps out <laughs> oh, if yeah. you're interested yeah. in helping out, right. uh, yeah. maybe yeah. sponsoring mm -hmm. some uh, refugees and immigrants. This is right. a good way to do that. Yeah, mm -hmm. we, we have an opportunity now with, with private sponsorship where we're um, having groups of individuals come together to sponsor um, refugee families mm -hmm. to come into the into the region, so that's an opportunity right. as well. Um, and people at the Festival of Nations have also several ways in which they can support the work of the International mm -hmm. Institute. We're going to have an opportunity for people to text to give uh, to support uh, our work. We're also going to be asking people to um, to to provide a, a, a mobile phone, for example, for a refugee family mm -hmm. that comes in. That's a concrete way in which oh, we yeah. can support a family. Right. Um, oh, so yeah. we, we have partnered with T-Mobile and we're providing um, families with, with free mobile phones, yeah. internet access and unlimited data when they come into the region. We're asking the community to, to support that. We're also for offering anybody who would like to have uh, we so we're using the Piper Palm House at the oh, yeah. Tower Grove Park for VIP access, so mm -hmm. anybody can buy a day pass. So if you want to cool down um, when it gets too hot, you can use the VIP o Oasis. It's a hundred and fifty dollars a day or two hundred and fifty dollars for the weekend, and it comes with free parking as well. Oh, uh, big deal parking there. is always oh, yeah. uh, a, a challenge. Yeah. We're also asking for festival patrons, so it's free. Since the it's free, we want to cover our cost, so people can be festival patrons. And you, by donating fifty dollars to the Festival of Nations, you become a festival patron. And we're going to send you a playlist of all the the oh, performances fine. that we're going oh, to be cool. having yeah. at the Festival of Nations. And I think you're also going to be entered into. Um, a, a raffle draw we're calling a Wanderlust Cruise mm. so you can also be a winner <laughs> of the cruise so there are opportunities for people to do that I'm signing up outstanding yeah. I need a cruise we can arrange that man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ari thanks for coming in it's oh, always great to talk with you and uh, we need to make a scheduled time and I'll get in touch with uh, your, your people folks to do that your people will talk to our people but we'll yeah, yeah we will we, we, we would arrange. I would love to do this more often and, and really reaching out to the community yeah. and as usual thank you for this opportunity but I also want to thank your listeners the St. Louis community has been great to us. They've yeah. really supported mm -hmm. our work in the last two years. Um, but I'm going to be an over liver twist here, and I'm going to ask for more. Uh, we can do this, St. Louis. We can make St. Louis 
um, the Multicultural Center of America. There you go. Yep. Okay. That was Ariel Benson, President and CEO of the International Institute of St. Louis. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back for our next segment. You're listening to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston on the U.S. Radio Network. Arnold Stricker of St. Louis in Tune on behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation. In 1857, the Dred Scott decision was a major legal event and catalyst that contributed to the Civil War. The decision declared that Dred Scott could not be free because he was not a citizen. The 14th Amendment, also called the Dred Scott Amendment, granted citizenship to all born or naturalized here in our country and was intended to overturn the U.S. Supreme Court decision on July 9, 1868. The Dred Scott Heritage Foundation is requesting a commemorative stamp to be issued from the U.S. Postal Service to recognize and remember the heritage of this amendment by issuing a stamp with the likeness of the man Dred Scott. But we need your support and the support of thousands of people who would like to see this happen. To achieve this goal, we ask you to download, sign, and share the one-page petition with others. To find the petition, please go to dredscottlives.org and click on the Dred Scott Petition Drive on the right side of the page. On behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation, this has been Arnold Stricker of St. Louis In Tune. At St. Louis In Tune, we strive to bring you informative, useful, and reflective stories, as well as interviews about current and historic issues and events that involve people, places, and things. We cover a wide range of topics, such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports, and that's just to name a few. While St. Louis In Tune originates from the Gateway City and covers local topics, we also connect to what's going on nationally as well. If you missed any of our previously aired programs of St. Louis In Tune, simply visit stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. There you'll find the show notes and everything that was mentioned in that episode and all the other great episodes as well. And if you've got an area that you'd like us to examine deeper, well, just let us know by dropping us a note at stlintune at gmail.com. That's stlintune at gmail.com. St. Louis In Tune. It's heard Monday through Friday on the usradionetwork.com and many great radio stations around the U.S. and, of course, right here in St. Louis. Our website, again, is stlintune.com. Visit us today. That's stlintune.com. Welcome back to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston. Don't forget stlintune.com. <laughs> that's, hey, that's, if you missed previous shows, it's a great place to go because I've got some favorites of stlintune.com. You have favorites? Yeah, some oh. favorite shows we've done. This is season six. You're not supposed to have favorites of oh. your children. <laughs> These shows are his and children, actually, what they, what they are, are are some of the shows that have had the most... Uh, clicks, ah, and they've had the most likes. Mm. 
and the most happy faces. I like this one, though. This yeah. has been a fun show. Ari does a great job. And, He's folks, the- if you missed our interview with Ariel Benson, president and CEO of the International Institute of St. Louis, you can catch it at stlintune.com. And don't forget the Festival of Nations, which he was talking about, festofnations.com, F-E-S-T of nations.com. Get more information for the August 26th, 27th, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. at Tower Grove Park, that big festival. Or you can go to iistl.org, iistl.org. You know, what's interesting, Mark, is um, it is really kind of an unforgettable experience to see the volume of people there, to Mm -hmm. smell the different kinds of... It's just overwhelming to yep. your olfactory senses, mm-hmm. you know. And oh, yeah. man, and then when you bite into this stuff, and then hearing the music and seeing the dancing yep. and everybody selling their wares, it's just a great, great time. It's not boring at all. No, no, no. no. You were a festival of the nation, was it? Once you get in the thick of it, it's yeah. it really. It's like this is fun. Every every step you every tent you pass, right. It's another experience That's that true. you're seeing. That's really true. Yeah, and it's it, it it's, it's interesting. It's fun. It's like, wow, who knew? You see people with, I mean, these are, are, you know, genuine things that you're looking at. You know, genuine cultures. Right. It's not something that somebody. It's not trinket kind of stuff. Yeah. This is like, this is for real stuff. And it's, it's, yeah. And like you say, the smells are, oh. oh, It's crazy. And and then taste some of that food. Oh, my gosh, yes. You've never tasted anything like it. It's a great way to introduce kids and People who have not experienced other cultures is a great introduction it's, in that way. It's so important. I, I, you've said it. I already said it. We've all said, some of us have said it. Not all of us have said it, but we should. You know that we're. It's a melting pot of right of you know. We're all human beings, I guess. I appreciate what it he, what he said also, and and some people may may take what he said in a political way. And this is this is non. I'm, I'm speaking in a non political way. We've all come from someplace. Oh yeah. And to not embrace people who are coming to seek out the things that maybe our parents or grandparents or great grandparents mm-hmm. or great greats or however far back it went came to came to seek out in this country. Right. You know, they're they're seeking a lot of the same kinds of things. Yeah. And Ariel Benson, I don't know if I could find anyone better to be the leader, yes. the CEO of Agreed. this organization, Agreed. the International Institute of St. Louis. Uh, his passion, his heart um, is all into it. He understands. He's he's excited. He's genuinely excited about what he does. Yes, which you don't find. It's not just a job to him. Clearly, not just a job. It's a real mission in life. That's a good way to put it. It is a mission for him. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm really happy to be. I, our our studios are here in the International Institute of St. Louis, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's amazing to me every day to walk the halls and see what's going on in all these different rooms with you know people that have just arrived here to our country and how they're helping them you know get on their feet and get going so yeah and i I liken it back to if we had to go to another country for whatever reason because Mm -hmm. we were forced to Uh or we we saw that there was opportunity because of our own country had some kind of disruption going on Mm -hmm. how would you want to have people treat you how would you want to you know acclimate into the culture and learn the language and understand the customs and everything like that and that's what this group does here can you imagine being uh i guess you you almost feel like you're alone on an island when you come to a country it's like how how do i navigate this who's going to help me you know 
how do I figure out where to live and how to work and how to make all this work, which is something that, you know, they, they're just being exposed to for the first time in their life. And uh, uh, it, it's, it's a challenge, I think, for folks to come to the United States, even though they know it's hopefully going to be a better life here. Uh, but it, it's nice to have someone, and I say it, it sounds trite, I guess, but reaching their hand out and helping you up, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and really opening and embracing these mm-hmm. families and saying, we'll help. We'll help you get on the right track, you know. I and think it means people, so much. You know? it, it does. And I think people who have traveled a little bit to other mm-hmm. countries. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that they're, they're as welcoming as they are. Well, yeah. I would hope they are. And but I, I, I think people, and it's maybe, maybe I'm wrong in my generalization, but I think people who have traveled to other countries sh- at least they should have a little more empathy mm-hmm. for people who are coming to our country. Right, you would you know? hope. Because yeah. you go to, like any country that where English is not the spoken language, mm-hmm. you know, people will probably speak it. Some people will, but right. you know, if it's not the main language, yeah, you know, right, yeah. you're kind of out of luck. I'm out of luck. I can't. I can't speak a lick of anything. And I, <laughs> I learned uh, French in in grade school and a little bit in high school, and I still. You know, beyond bonjour and hola, <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm, sometimes I'm, I'm that worthless. goes a long way. You <laughs> I'm know? worthless. I know. I know. So I want to. There's a couple other things coming up on September the second, from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. There is the World Peace Concert. It's the fourth annual peace concert, and this is brought to you by the live local music in Webster Groves. It's oh, wow. the at the Webster Groves Garden Cafe and in partnership with the Webster Groves Creative Community. And so there are some groups that are going to be performing. And there's uh, it's all free, open to the community and beyond. There's 100% of all tip jar voluntary donations go to support the Garden Cafe and its small business there. So if you've been in that area... Where is uh, the garden? Does it have it's an on, address? It's on Lockwood, uh, kind of... Uh, down from City Hall, a little east of City Hall. Okay. On the north side. Okay. okay. And it's a little garden cafe there. They have oh, music. Is that uh, across from Dewey's, kind of? Uh, kind of, yeah, a little catty corner kinda from Dewey's. Kind of a little catty corner from yes. Dewey's, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, I know Dewey's. Right. Yeah. right very, next, very yeah. close to okay. there. So that is taking oh. place September the 2nd, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. 6 to 9. Mm-hmm. What is the December 2nd or uh, September 2nd? What day of the week I is that? I want to say that's a Saturday. See, I, I need to know right that now. every time people say, oh, yeah, here's the date. So the 2nd's a Saturday. You're it correct. is a Saturday, yeah. right. And okay. that is the Labor Day weekend also. Ah, okay. Looking for something to do if you're staying in town. All right. You know, that'll be some good. The Peace, it's called the Peace what? World, World Peace Day. World? It's the World Peace Concert on World Peace Day. I gotcha. All right. Okay. In Webster. In Webster Groves. There you go. So many of you know about the Declaration of Independence, and then you also know and about... And many don't. And many, yeah, and many need to read it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Many also need to read the Constitution. There's another one. <laughs> okay, sorry. I don't mean they, to make light are, of this. They are connected. They were not written at the same time. Mm. And another way to think about that, which uh, we've talked in, pre- in previous shows about, is the Declaration of Independence was the, like if you're forming a company, mm-hmm. you know, and then the uh, Constitution are your articles of incorporation. Okay. So it's kind of a good way to think about that. You know, you mm-hmm. kind of form your company, and then you have rules that govern your company. Bylaws. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Correct. Okay. So 
Have you ever wondered what happened to the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence? Well, they're probably all dead now. They are all dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they are all dead. Okay. Wow, that was, I'm sorry. And okay. it's interesting also, a little bit of trivia. They've uh, been dead for a while. Apparently, <laughs> John Adams uh-huh. wanted, he thought the, everything was kind of done July 2nd. And he thought that should have been the day, but the day mm. was pushed back to July 4th. Do we know why? Uh, I, I've read it, but I really? do not okay. remember okay. why. Right. Another interesting that, fact is he and question. Thomas Jefferson, uh, while they were both um, present, they and both became presidents, mm-hmm. uh, they really had a falling out, a severe falling out, but they actually both died on the same day. They died on July 4th. I, oh, I, you know, I've heard that story. Yeah, yeah they Within did, hours of each other. They did not like each other at the end. No. They had quite a falling out, right? Hmm. So here is what happened. I, I'm just verifying my, my information. Yes. Um, in seven, uh, excuse me, 1826. Okay. So five of the signers were captured by the British as traitors and tortured before they were killed. Mm-hmm. Twelve had Ooh. their homes ransacked and burned. Two lost their sons in the Revolutionary Army. Another two had sons captured. Mm. Nine of the 56 fought and died from wounds or hardships of the Revolutionary War. Mm. Now, folks, you have to understand that they signed and pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. Now, that is something interesting that I think should be in the, uh, what do they call it, oath that our Congress people and our senators take, and our president and vice president, and anybody, all those folks, the elected folks. Okay. Okay? And this is personal opinion now, personal opinion. Should be what? I don't think any of them should take any money get any kind of special favors. I think they need to go without pay, without special benefits. How many would show up? Because when you compare it to the guys who pledged their lives, their fortunes, and sacred honor, Mm -hmm. big difference. So what kind of men were these? 24 were lawyers and judges. 11 were merchants. Nine were farmers and large plantation owners. Men of means, well-educated. But they signed the Declaration of Independence knowing that if they were captured, the penalty would be death. So there's a, a, a gentleman of Virginia. He was a wealthy planter and trader, Carter Braxton. He saw his ships swept from the seas by the British Navy. He sold his home and properties to pay his debts, and he died in rags. Thomas McKean, McKean excuse me, was so harassed by the British, he was forced to move his family constantly. He served in Congress without pay. His family was kept in hiding. His possessions were taken from him, and poverty was his reward. Mm. Now, if you have these gentlemen, Ellery, Clymer, Hall, Walton, Gwinnett, Hayward, Rutledge, and Middleton, vandals or soldiers or both looted their properties. <clears throat> At the Battle of Yorktown, Mm -hmm. Thomas Nelson Jr. noted that the British General Cornwallis had taken over his home for his headquarters. Mm -hmm. The owner quietly urged George Washington to open fire on it. The home was destroyed, and Nelson died bankrupt. Francis Lewis had his home and properties destroyed. The enemy jailed his wife 
and she died within a few months. John Hart was driven from his wife's bedside as she was dying. Their 13 children fled for their lives. His fields and gristmill were laid to waste. For more than a year, he lived in forests and caves, returning home to find his wife dead and his children had vanished. A few weeks later, he died from exhaustion and a broken heart. Norris and Livingston also suffered similar fates. So these stories and sacrifices of the men, the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence and who sacrificed for the founding of our country, these weren't like some, you know, yeah, let's go get them. Yeah, we're going to get there. Yeah. yeah. Hit that English guy in the head. You know, they weren't these kind of wild-eyed guys. Mm-hmm. They were soft-spoken men who had means. They were educated. They had security. But the thing that they valued more was liberty. Mm-hmm. And in the face of losing everything, they stood tall. They did not waver. And they pledged this, quote, For the support of this declaration with firm reliance on the protection of the divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor, unquote. Why are we not honoring every one of those individuals? I don't think we do. I know we honor some of them, but not all of them. Yeah, and, and maybe back east in some of the states where these folks were from, you know, uh, from the original 13 Maybe they have special days. To Arnold, that, Arnold, that's like the spark that started it all. Absolutely. That started the fire. That's where that's ground zero for me, right? We're, we're, right. Right what you're saying. Right. And we should, those are the individuals that should be celebrated. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that should be celebrated, but those should be, these are really, really important folks. Yeah. Now, and I'm going to get on a soapbox here. Okay. And I'm going to say, now you contrast this with somebody who goes into Congress who's not a millionaire, they come out one. Yeah. 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 And they have insider trading information. Yep. And many of them utilize it. Oh, yeah. And they, yep. uh, I don't want to go down that road because I'd probably get really angry, but um, <laughs> they, they end up using this, using their position to continue to stay in power, to continue to gain wealth, rather than what these individuals did was to gain freedom for the nation. As you said, Mark, Mm -hmm. very aptly, a spark. Mm -hmm. Uh, They gave up everything. They gave up the lives of their families, their own personal lives, their own personal fortunes, and everything. Mm -hmm. And you have some, what I'm going to call, meatballs who go to Congress in Washington, D.C., and the Senate, Mm -hmm. and say the most outlandish things, and where are we over the last course of the last 16 years in our country? Mm-mm. We are at a standstill with things. Yeah. We are at odds with each other more so than we've ever been right. in my lifetime. Right, right. I've never seen it like this. I've Even never. through the 60s. I know. So, folks. I have faith, though. Yeah, I do, too. But I have faith in the people, mm-hmm. that the people will open their eyes, open their ears, and just read this. Mm -hmm. So I got this, you know, it's just information out there. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was appropriate in light of, and I'll say, the greed, Mm -hmm. and people wouldn't call it that who are gaining from it, but it is the greed. You know, like I said, if you had to give up, you're not going to get any money, any benefits, any special health plan or anything like that, any special kind of retirement. Right. You're, You're going for nothing except to serve. Right. How many would go? Right. 
That's that's a good question. Now you were on a school board, and I know school boards. I don't I don't know of any school boards where the elected official, the elected school board uh, member, is paid. Correct. I believe every There's not in Missouri. No, uh, no. I was a mayor, and I got what forty eight hundred dollars, and now they're belly aching about that, and they've jacked that up. And city of St. Louis, they were making forty five thousand. And then they go, oh well, wait a minute. We got rid of all the other ones, so we want their pay too. Now we want seventy-five grand. That, that's a full-time job. I mean, there's people working eighty hours a week that aren't getting that much money, right? Uh, so, and these guys and gals are not working that many hours. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of boards where people get paid, like fire boards. People on fire boards uh-huh. in certain fire districts get paid and a pretty decent salary, right, for being on the board, right. And like you said, you know, public service. When you're elected, it's public service. Right. It's not like I'm getting. It's not like I'm sticking my my hand in the public trough and drawing it back for my own personal gain. Right. That is right. not the point. No. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's why that's not public service. No. And I guess some would argue, boy, I'm using my time and stuff. But there's other way to help and compensate, like give right. people internet, give you a computer, right? You know, things, tools that you need to, you know, perform your public service. You know, that's it's, it. Drives me crazy. It, sometimes. Uh, I get it. I get it. And I am not one that thinks, well, if you don't offer money, nobody's going to run. I don't. I don't believe that's true. People will. I think they will. I think it's easier for people of means mm-hmm. because. They got stuff to live on. If if you're making, you know, you're making forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars, and you, you got a family, and you want to go off to Congress, be, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get paid, that's going to be a little tough, right? Unless your your work mm-hmm. says we're going to continue to pay you to support your family, right? Right. That they don't have a problem with, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and campaign financing too. You know, if you got to run a campaign, where's that money coming from? Uh, oh, they like to keep the money. Yeah, I was, oh, I'm going to give it to somebody else, or maybe I'll run again. Yeah, that's yeah. That, uh, you know, gee, my family members, I employed them to do X, Y, and Z for the campaign. But it's capitalism, and I'm a big believer in capitalism. But I don't think that is that. I, don't, I just don't think that's right the way it is, the way it's set up. You'll never. Well, I don't think we'll ever fix it, but I, I don't want to say never. Well, yeah. I'll say just because a loophole's there doesn't mean you need to use it. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's such a true statement. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, even if it's legal doesn't mean you, you should. Yeah, doesn't mean you should. That's right. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. I think that's, yeah, that's that's wise. So that's our, wisdom. <laughs> our word of the day. Oh, no. I, I wish the word of the day coincided with this, but it doesn't, okay. unfortunately. Of course, maybe it does. You could stretch it a little bit. It's Gordian. G-O-R-D-I-A-N. Gordian. And it means highly intricate, extremely difficult to solve. In Greek mythology, King Gordius of Phrygia tied a knot that defied all who tried to untie it. An oracle prophesied that one who would undo this Gordian knot would rule Asia. Alexander the Great simply just got out a knife and cut the knot with one stroke of his sword. Hence the saying, to cut the Gordian knot, meaning to solve a difficult problem by a simple, bold, and effective action. That's <laughs> timing's everything. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's perfect. A Gordian knot. So, Gordian. Gordian. Highly intricate, extremely difficult to solve. Oh. Mm. 
Wow. That was fun. Sounds like my wife. (laughs) 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 I know. Danger, danger. I know. Find something. Um, True. So... I just I I know we mentioned this earlier, but it's 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 baby baby boomer recognition day. Now, do you know? I don't know what the actual uh, age of a baby. Boomer. I think sixty four was the cutoff. Is that it? Sixty four or sixty five? Nineteen sixty four. Yeah, not the age sixty four. Right. So if you were born before nineteen sixty four, correct. And. I don't know where it starts. It starts somewhere in the fifties, I guess, nineteen fifty, right after the the Second World War. Correct. Somewhere around there, you are officially a baby boomer. So, to all of our baby boomers out there, uh, have a have a wonderful day. Happy baby boomer day. <laughs> That's right. Okay, here we go. Nineteen forty six to nineteen sixty four. Oh, 46. It's a good way to remember it. It flips the back. Oh my. Okay. Here Forty-six to sixty-four. Yeah. See, that's uh, yeah, memory peg. That's that a- academic part of you. That's correct. Take it over again. That's correct. I love it. <laughs> it's that's pretty good though. That's pretty important. Yeah. Wow. Right. I do have a couple funnies before we shut things down here. Really? I do. Yes. Uh, I gotta open them up though. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Come on, guys. Where'd it go? Get it. Get it. There it go. There we go. All okay. Right. There we go. Yeah, there's that horse. We keep letting that yeah. horse in here. I don't know what you. So I I may not be good, that good looking, or athletic, <laughs> or funny, or talented, or smart. I I forgot where I was going with this, but I do know that I love bacon. Oh, God. I wish I you know, Legos are the big thing kind of right now. Yeah. You know, people put Lego things together. Folks, have you ever stepped on a Lego? Oh yeah. Well. If you've ever stepped on a Lego, you've never heard of jacks. Stepping on a jack. Wow, I can't imagine. That's worse than stepping on a Lego. Just people even know what a jacks are. Yeah. I know. I prefer not to think before speaking. I like being just as surprised as everyone else what comes out of my mouth. <laughs> you know, oh, oh, and this no. is for the baby boomers out there. You know you're getting old when you barely do anything all day but still need to have a nap to continue to barely do anything. <laughs> that horse again. Get on that horse. Get you know, here. and you're on the online mm-hmm. or on the phone, and why must I prove that I am me to pay my bills over the phone or the Internet? Do strangers call to pay my bills? And if they do, why don't you just let them do that? I agree. Yeah, I think that's, that's food for thought. You're wise beyond your years. You're baby wise, boomer. Wise beyond my ears. You're <laughs> behind my ears. <laughs> wise beyond your baby boomer years. I know it. I know it. Wow. Oh. <laughs> well, folks, that's all for this hour. No way. Is it over already? It is. Oh, all right. That's all for this hour. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, when the Martians invade, there's only one race, the human race. And every one of us have different characteristics and is uniquely valuable. And that's especially true in Alabama. St. Louis in Tune is a production of Motif Media Group and the U.S. Radio Network. For St. Louis in Tune, co-host Mark Langston. I'm Arnold Stricker. Remember to walk worthy and let your light shine.